This is the main podcast. This week's guest, Watered Roots. But anything is fine whenever you're fine. Okay. What do you mean he showed you everything? He, you know, I, I've, I've been chasing this unicorn for two years and... You know, I've been left on red a lot of times, but I'm like, but that's how he is, and that's the weed man. And um, it's about persistence, isn't it, dude? Yeah, he. Because oh, if you got the to... door too easy, right. the door to come in, is it really worth going in? It, it, right. It shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't no. be easy. Not like anything worthwhile that I've done, whether it was leading towards it the mat. Like I had to, I had to wrestle for that blessing because everybody wanted the the glamour and the tip money and the bitch's phone numbers from being a tour guide. And so that was the, the director's way of weeding people out. He would just kind of lead you on for months and months and months and everybody would peter out. And so that's kind of the same experience that I had with this guy. Two years I've been, you know, DMing. I've, I've been trying to, in a way that's not disrespectful or too yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, and then dude, he, he opened up the door and just fucking biggest smile on his face. Um, Reed was there. I was hoping to get him back. Or we mentioned, we talked a little while ago. I was hoping to get him back uh, to do, like he mentioned something about doing podcasts. Who, and I think Eric? I told you, yeah. And I think I told you that uh, we had talked for maybe nearly two hours on mic. And then it was over. And then we hung out for another three hours off mic. I was he like, you were a good fucking dude. right, a good dude. dude. They both said that. Yeah. yeah. That, it was a lot of fun. I enjoy. I enjoyed it quite a bit. They enjoyed uh, it too, man. They were still talking about it. Were they really? Yeah, just now, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. and he did mention something about it maybe about a month ago. Because dude's unrightfully taking a lot of shit. Um, but when I go around and I talk to people who are either store owners or other cultivators and people like that and, right. and custies who, who know him, not a bad word to be said by anybody, not one thing. So all of that shit comes from someplace else. The man is, you know he, that <laughs> he loves what he does. Yeah. Uh, dude, from the minute he opened the door, he loves what he does. He was so excited to show. He was so proud. That's what I told him. Like, this is fucking pride. He built that shit himself, and you know it's it's a place to to do work. He he's gonna take. I don't know if they're actually gonna do it, but he said he was planning tonight to take his crew out for axe throwing. It's oh a yeah, here in. Oh yeah. And I'm okay. like, yo, I, these nerds don't deserve to know that, but I almost wish they did know that. That mm. this mm. guy is a human, and he's a really cool fucking guy. He posted that thing on on Instagram where. The greatest uh, trick other level ever played was that he's actually a really nice guy. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but if you're an asshole and you're disrespectful, and I, I think one of the things that I've learned from, I mean, from you, from from a lot of the great men in weed and, and, and women in Maine, is that it's not about disrespecting that person. It's you're disrespectful to the history of this thing. And you're disrespectful to the office of of the weed man and who the fuck are you to mm. like imagine 20 years ago 
because the weed guy had some crazy conspiracy theory that he shared with you, you being like, oh, now I'm not going to support it. Like, it would never happen. Yeah, it would have never it's happened. It's only because the shit becomes accessible. Access. Access right. changes everything. Like tattooing, man. When <clears throat> people go in, they used to be scared. And it used to be whatever the tattooer felt like tattooing that day, that's what the fuck you were getting. And if you didn't like it, get the fuck out. If it was some Sailor Jerry shit, that's what you were going to get. And now, you know... It, it's custom and now it's so accessible and so like um i guess it seems so harmless now and so mainstream that people go in there and they they want to see the artist's portfolio before they think about letting him tattoo on their skin and i'm like dude you don't fucking get it man that you're missing out half the experience because you're disrespecting the culture mm. and like the people that come up here from mass mostly or the nerds on fucking reddit I've told you this before, like, you got to see fucking Salty come out the door. You got to see other level. You got to see the guy. He gave you the box. Yeah. And maybe he told you some bullshit that you didn't like, but you missed the whole fucking point. Yeah. That you got to meet the guy. The alternative to meeting those people who are, who followed through with what they wanted that, uh, I don't, I don't want to use such a strong word as like empire. They felt, they followed through with, uh, a goal in their life and they wanted to be yep. able to one be businessmen but two share like a passion that they have you're willing to trample on it just to fucking trample on it because you might not agree with either politics or you might not like their product or you think like they need to adjust to your likings in life that's people have got to fucking stop thinking that way because that's more harmful than anything else that's going on. That that it can you you're stifling the creativity. And we've talked for a, a, a little while before yes. here about creativity, about whether it's writing or painting or. I was I mentioned uh, Henry Miller. For me, it was mm. uh, the eye-opening moment I had uh, for literature, and and I talked a little bit about uh, painting. I'll I'll get to that one quicker. Just because we talked about like uh, if you're gonna pick up the chicks, go to the impressionist area. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, well, I, that was my first introduction to like art. Well, you know, the same thing. And I think that's where so that's that surface level entryway yeah, right. is like that that what's most accessible to you. Mm. Then you start going deeper. You start looking for something that's beyond that. Mm. With literature, I had studied like uh, British writers from the 18th and uh, 19th century, and it was kind of boring shit. I mean, it was good, well written, that, of like course. Chaucer? I don't know anything about. I just know like. Chaucer. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was well, he was just one of them. Uh, got into a couple different. It wasn't until I got into like philosophical readings mm. or writings, um, and this. Uh, and into works that were off the beaten path. So Henry Miller was one of those writers off the beaten path. Dude wrote about his fucking daily life, how he ate stale bread with bad butter over at somebody else's house because he didn't have any food at his place. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then he was uh, screwing his neighbor's girlfriend, even though his girlfriend's <laughs> back home and stuff like that. And But yet he would fuse this into like a rant for like 10 pages where he throws in literature of mythological proportions all within it. And then he said, and I hate that guy's work too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this guy's like, if there's anything about him, he's fucking honest as shit. And he doesn't care. He knows he's 
he knows he's imperfect and he could give a fuck less about yeah. being imperfect because he was comfortable doing what he did, who he was. Did that guy, Henry Miller, kind of trample on people along the ways? Yeah, he probably did. But he was also living street side too or living day to day. So survival was what mattered most to him. That's the whole thing. And enjoying every moment of survival. I took from, uh, I'm, I'm going to plug Nicholas Brower on here too. He put me onto that Rousseau quote that the, the savage man lives within himself. And it's basically a nerd that's worried about what the fuck other people are thinking about. And I've been on, on you know, thinking about like Diogenes a lot. And I've been telling everybody this What'd story. What'd you say, Diogenes? Diogenes, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit? Of, I, I don't know that. So, so th this man felt that <clears throat> true freedom was living like a, a wild dog. And so he would do crazy. I might be adding details, but yeah, the, yeah. the story like is the same. Served, yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically, the dude was like shitting in public. He was jacking off in the streets. And people thought he was a crazy man, but he was making a point. that He was fucking free. And he walked around with this bowl for food. But then he realized that that was keeping him from really true freedom. Because he was beholden to this fucking bowl to eat. And he got rid of that shit, too. So dude's living like a wild dog. Alexander the Great hears of this guy, and he gets it. Alexander the fucking Great gets what this guy's on. And so he goes, pays him a visit, you know, brings the whole fucking army or whoever he brought, and he wants to give him a gift. And he's expecting Diogenes to be like, oh, shit, Alexander the Great, thank you so Gotta much. Be something right. highly blessed. Yes. He's, he's laying down on the ground. Alexander says whatever to him, like, yo, man, I've heard about you. You're a great man. I just came here to pay my respects, and I came here to give you a gift. What would you like? And the dude looks up at him, and he's like, get out of the way. You're blocking my son. <laughs> and fucking Alexander the Great was so impressed with that, according to the legend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He was not offended. He... he like, I, I'm adding this part to it. That I, I imagine he must have shaken that man's hand even more vigorously because he, he got it, man. That, like, this guy gets what life is about, and that's true freedom, man. Yeah. What you're saying, like, you know, that you're not worried about what the fuck of it. Yeah, other right. people are, are thinking about, and that's when you're really honest. When Alexander the Great became the all-powerful, who spoke to him like that anymore? Exactly. Exactly, that, and that's that's what I, I'm always talking about. That like, it must be annoying as shit if you're a famous person for everybody to be all fucking weird around you. Yeah, and that's why they don't hang out with people like that. They hang out with people that are like, "Hey, what's up, George?" Like, you yeah, know, they treat you like a regular person. <coughs> and Diogenes, you know, he was free from all of that. Like, I don't give a shit who you are, bro. Like that that means I'm not free. Um. <coughs> I've been on some bullshit about being on a hot air balloon and all these things are sandbags and everybody's got their own, you know, sandbag that's heavier, that's weighing them down and holding them down here. Mm. Some people never get like, they never see them. They never think about it that deeply. Some people love their fucking sandbags and I'm Until finally never lifting off. Yeah. yeah. They're like, no, no, this is nice, man. I'd rather stay down here. But I'm like, no, eventually... I think I'd like to get rid of all the sandbags and see what's up there, man, if there's anything. And if not, well, whatever, you know, at least I went.
how far along are you on the sandbags? Have just you just lifted out, the man. first one off? Oh, I, I've li- no, I've lifted a few off. Yeah. Religion, DX, um, money. Like, uh, obviously, I still need it, and it's it's important to me. But it's it's not something that controls me. Um, and that's why even with the business, I make it a point to take losses. I love that shit. That people snap their fingers and can you be here in twenty minutes? I'll give you an extra twenty. First of all, no, <laughs> because of what I'm talking about. But second of all, what the fuck do you think I'm doing? The 20 minutes is going to get me to like run out the door and come to you. You must think that this is not a real thing. So I find it like a little bit disrespectful. But sometimes I do take a loss. You value your time, but you value the integrity of. That's what it is. Integrity. Integrity. Because sometimes I do take bigger losses and I do think about like, man, maybe. Maybe I should have thought that one through, but I'm like, but what would have been the thing that would have made me think that through more? That would have changed the way that I usually am. Yeah. Oh, it would have been the money. So then I'm beholden to it. I just needed to be free, man. Like this is just about freedom for me. As long as I've got money to stay free, like I don't, I don't care about it. But women are my biggest sandbag, (laughs) and I'm I'm okay with that right now. Um, But I realized that like I. I gotta let that shit go, you know, eventually. And I'm I'm learning to, you know, like carve out a time for them, you know, not to let like, oh, I met this chick and I'm gonna cancel everything tonight anymore. Yeah, right. Um like, no, I'll see you I'll see you Sunday when I'm free. And if that doesn't work for you, then you know I'm I hate on. thinking this way or or maybe it's uh, there's there is a certain independence about being able to do what you want when you want. Yeah. And uh, if, and sometimes uh, a relationship or sometimes the idea of trying to set something up because you're sweet, sweet on somebody or whatever takes away. Now all of a sudden you've got to restructure and sacrifice. Yeah. And <sighs> so good. you got to almost like uh, evaluate, like is that sacrifice worth it? Like, am I becoming or am I trying to do something different that I'm not too crazy about? Right. Dude. And I don't mean anything by it because relationships are important for everybody. Yeah. Whether it's a, a loving, like, uh, you know, intimate relationship in a physical way or, or just a getting to know somebody. It's all value. It all has good quality human value for us. But uh, I, I don't know. I The reason why I said I hate, I hate thinking, like, Sometimes if I feel like it impedes on something in my life. Dude. So Nicholas Brower. And then I'll, I'll have a more um, vulgar example. Please. But Nicholas Brower was telling me that he, he also runs social experiments. And I love that because I'm, I think of myself that way all the time. Even with my Instagram bullshit, I'm running social experiments to see what people will do if they'll fall for the trap if it'll lead to sales so he's telling me as he's explaining the window into armageddon itself this couple walks by the window he's like watch this the husband always stops because he sees something shiny in the window and he wants to come inside and the wife is always tugging tugging away because that looks fucking expensive And so she got her way in this round and, you know, they walked off. And he says he sees that scene play out like six, seven times a day. 
And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. That it is an impediment. And I'm like, if I were ever to do that shit again, like marriage or, or live with somebody, have a child with somebody, you got to let me be me, man, completely. And I hope that I'm like mature enough to be able to reciprocate. But I'm, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's, you know. It seems so natural for a different generation of us. I suppose, or 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 were they just like uh, seeing mean? the world differently? Well, for instance, I'll use like my parents. Fifty years, uh, sixty years is what they're coming up on in marriage. I gotta believe there were a ton of sacrifices, oh, on both parts. Definitely. Yet, their union and their mm -hmm. love for one mm -hmm. another is so much greater than I think I'll ever okay. understand. <laughs> yeah, I was married once before, though we had really good times together. And there was a lot of like dropping veils. So that's mm -hmm. another two. Tom Robbins, if you ever get the chance to read any Tom <laughs> Robbins, uh, Skinny Legs and All is uh, an amazing book. Um, and I mention that because veils. Tom Robbins, Skinny Legs and All. But uh, these veils that kind of continue to drop off, and like, I don't want the world to change so much that we forget to the know how to love each other mm -hmm. but maybe it's more that we just need to have that appreciation for one e each other mm. you know and and how how deep it goes how involved on a one-on-one -on -one end well that's all up to us to determine what that is i guess but i'd rather search for <coughs> i i shouldn't say i'd rather i'd i'd like to continue to search for those greater other loves that we can experience through the course of our life you know, for me right now, it's my my boy. Yeah, you know, I see it, man. the world the way he I see sees the world and being a part of it. Yeah, it's it's it would, really cool. I see man. it through your fucking Instagram posts. Your love for that boy. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, I don't throw too much up on there anymore. No, I know, but, <laughs> but I was like, that's a but, fucking dad. Yeah, who's been thinking about some shit because you know his son's in that situation, and dude, I fucking respect that a lot, man. I've I've learned. I know I don't see it's it different but i've learned about a fatherhood from you man yeah thanks yeah thanks for that it's new for me too you know i mean really it is uh, everybody th there's no playbook whatsoever <laughs> shit that Yo, i've said things crazy. that i've done yeah. in reaction or or thinking was the right path yeah i got no fucking idea you're doing your but best when it's all said and done every night it's i love you boy and uh cool, man. and just the reciprocation of that from yeah. to see this growth to becoming a different kind of individual, somebody new in the world. I have hopes for him, uh, but first and foremost, I hope he enjoys life. Dude, that's beautiful. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So whatever he finds is going to help him enjoy life. If it's positive, it's, if it's a creative and explore, there's some ex exploratory facets to it. That's all I could ever want for somebody. So, for him, that's, that's what I great. want the most. So if he plays baseball and he's second base, <laughs> that's what it is. That's cool, man. You talked, you said something a, a minute ago, the things that you've learned that you're letting go of. You said religion. Oh, yeah. Yet you come off as a very spiritual person. A <laughs> yeah. But in a non-traditional or traditional or what? what's... I don't know, man. Like... Into, like I know, like a little bit of your background, and that's yeah. That's not necessarily. Is that where you're talking about um, past beliefs or current? Kind of all of it. Yeah. Um, 
I was getting tattooed by Mikey Perfetto. He did my he did my hands, gave me a manicure the other day. He did this <laughs> and he did the holy roller on my back. Um and he was saying, uh, like he goes to church but he's read the Bible cover to cover three times, so he knows basically when they're talking bullshit. Yeah. And so that's the kind of stuff that I'm on right now, you know, where I'm I'm going back to like, dude, every day, I don't know if it's because of the shrooms scriptures just flood my head and maybe because that's the, the way that i market you know that yeah, is watered roots yeah that i am always thinking for marketing purposes i don't know if it's a blending of the two or you know what's going on i think it's a blending of the two but yeah i'm like it's thinking of, of scriptures all day and i'm finding application to me and i'm like twisting it and i'm bending it and i'm like i don't know i don't care what the witnesses said about it this is what like i was telling you about the 144,000. they have their own version of it I like to run with the idea, and it gives me something to aspire to. Um, but, like, I don't know. Is it what, more be, it, spiritual? It's more yeah. like you need it. You need to find it now. Like reading what how other people interpret it for you, or or pass it along to you, and then what you're. I think there's a moment when you start becoming some more. Uh, the level of our thinking from, say, like when we're 18 to 28 to 38 to 48, hopefully you're gaining wisdom. You're ho hopefully you're gaining new insights. If you're not, maybe it's just you're gaining a new perspective because you're at a different point in your life. So it could be a little bit of that too, right? Mm -hmm. Like a better, truer understanding of how it applies to, yeah, to right. you in, in this moment. Right. I'm not used to being <clears throat> spoon-fed. Anymore, yeah, you know, and and I've been out in the world now, and and um, yeah, I've seen how it actually plays out in real life. So yeah, maybe that you're right. You're not spoon feeding anybody. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> on fucking Instagram, I I tried to. Yeah, yeah, all day long, dude. Right? <laughs> it's fun, man. I, and people get mad, and that's that's I get, <clears throat> I laugh, dude. It makes me. Like a little bit of an alter ego. Yeah, it is an alter ego, and people don't fucking get that, dude. I've got this fucking guy that I used to. I he admitted it. I posted it that he's the reason why he's told me he got all gay on me, and he was saying like, if it wasn't for you, same like I got gay on you earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then he all of a sudden he cut me out. Blah blah blah. Um, I posted a meme. Because he did it the wrong way. I'm not, I'm never gonna, you know, if somebody can give you a better price, like, yeah, that's fucking yeah. free country, man. That happens, but there's a way to do it. And, you know, if you wanna have a conversation, you know, that'd be nice. Um, like, you know, that's how it would be. And I would never, but I, I'm, like, I'm happy, dude. I enjoy this. Why would I cut you out, man? Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, I like to think that for for the people that I think are deserving of it, you know, I try to do that for them too. Um, you have a lot of people who who are. Well, what do you get for feedback off of those who are people who you end up meeting up with, who are followers of your page, who who are uh, patrons? <laughs> um. I mean, I guess the ones that I have hung out with, like they're they're cool. They get it. They yeah. get it that like, 
Yeah, it's. I'm just. I'm gonna it's turn into bullshit. conversations for you. For you yeah, know, throw you five minutes, ten minutes, or or more. Yeah, um, some a lot more. I'm guessing it's brought some people out of the shells. It's made some people feel comfortable sharing things with me during the last few years that they wouldn't probably share in the workplace. Um, and dude, people are been have have been living in the metaverse. I think we talked about that last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like Instagram is their source of information. So people are always like, I'm one of those people that's always joking about how, like, you know, and you're going to change it with an Instagram post. But now it's like, well, yeah, you can change. I've seen it. It leads to real sales. You post something and immediately the messages come through. Like, that's for real, dude. Yeah. And how the government has been using this shit and how people are all fucking crazy in every direction. Absolutely. Uh, of whatever spectrum, they, they've lost their shit. And it's because of, yeah, through Instagram, through fucking social media and the internet. How's it get found? How do we find it? Do we have to depart from it? Is that the best break? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't like have I those telling, answers. I'm just doing it for somebody. myself, man. I just disconnect from it, man. Sure. I don't yeah. believe in this shit. This is against my you religion. You live in the physical world. The real world, yeah. Yeah, I'm running in the opposite direction of the metaverse. I'm telling everybody. Uh, hopefully, well, I would I would hope that a lot of people will. I would hope that there be this re but like, revolution against To me, the, the big offering. ruse is that it's new and it just got here and it looks all pixely and like some old video game and what I think that's part of the ruse to convince us that we haven't been living in the metaverse. Like, no, we've been in it for like 15 fucking years, 20 years, like whenever the fucking internet and MySpace started, like that was the metaverse. And people live their whole lives around this shit, you know, to the point that they see your alter ego on fucking Instagram and they want to destroy your business. That's what I was just talking about with Eric. Yeah. They don't fucking know this guy. He's the fucking nicest guy, man. And he loves weed. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, his love is pure for it. And that should be the only thing that matters. Yeah, we don't celebrate that. We try and tear it, tear it right, apart. Right, because he says some shit and he likes to rub it in, you know? And he's just like, that these people can't identify with the idea of don't tell me what the fuck to say or do. Yeah. That's fucking scary, man. Like, you might disagree. You know, I've seen posts from a lot of cultivators that I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't go that far but dude you're the fucking weed man yeah. so whatever I'd rather I'd rather look uh, like how many stores uh, with uh, say in Maine or probably you could go beyond that anyways uh, I, I would have to assume that they're the same cannabis stores or any kind of business is so generically fucking like nothing like they they tried and true. I mean, they might try and give you. They might try and give you like some fun or some interest in it or whatever, but it's not real. That is like a metaphor, metaverse mm, type mm. of rendition of what the world can become. Yeah. Because we're not going to need quote unquote bricks and mortar anymore. We're not going to need that type of that interaction that happens. There was a story that somebody told me. Uh, it was uh, that happened during COVID, and there was this old guy who uh, went to the post office every day and picked up his uh, his mail. Oh shit! Yeah, and uh, nobody does there. that anymore except it was guys. old. He was somewhere in like his eighties, nineties. And me, what's My that? PO box. Yeah, PO box. Somebody said, you know, hey, we could easily drop this off at your house. You got a mailbox, and everything's good, and save yourself the trip. 
He said, why would I want to save the trip when I have a chance to encounter something that I didn't the day before? Mm. People don't think of that anymore, do they? They don't think of that, like, that moment that you're going to cross paths with somebody and have. You were, what, hanging out with Eric for about 45 minutes, maybe an hour, something yeah. like that? Dude, what a blessing. And I didn't have what my phone on me. And I don't mean, like, just Eric, but, yeah, it was probably definitely, like, a great experience. Yeah, just man. anytime we take that. And I'm, that I, you know, I, I got shit to do. I eventually want to get home. And But you know what? What a privilege, dude. And this guy's showing me the fuck around me. Yeah. Like, and I've been chasing this unicorn for two years. And, and he greeted me like I was fucking royalty. And um, and you're just a person. Cool. I'm, just a, I'm just a guy, man. Yeah. And he's fucking cool as shit. Reed was there from Hiker Trash. You know, we're shooting the breeze. And, and, uh, Krista, I think. I hope I got that right. She was trimming in the background, and you know they're talking about going to throw axes in Portland tonight. <laughs> and you know, people don't don't get that. And, and it's funny to me that they they they. I think we've talked about this before. That to me, they want to be the weed man. They weren't cool in high school. They're only cool today because they can afford to buy cool, whether it's through weed or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And so they, they want to occupy the fucking office. Um, oh, right. But because they, they have this like moral high ground that they take with just the weed men, whether it's his markup or what he posts on social media, or whether you know they're taking safety precautions, whatever. I have these people complaining about my markups, and from the same Reddit fucking account that they have, they're talking about being sneakerheads and picking up thousand dollars. And I'm like, dude, yeah, there's a hypocrisy here, very much, and it's just because you're jealous. But this is the way that you can you can seem like you're finding moral fault in me but you just want to be me dude that's all it is when there's pressure that happens from say like a group we might as well single out reddit because we've been talking about it but when you have a group like reddit that tries to dictate um rules dictate protocol dictate what's correct and what's incorrect aren't we now especially towards cannabis but not exclusive i'm sure or are we running the risk of um allowing ourselves to be in all facets of life continue if this path continues to be muted in general and not share these things because it, it it creates that bump it creates that uh that interaction that some I don't know if they even don't find it interesting or don't find it amusing or don't understand it. Is it just we've become too too splintered and not knowing one another? Or not or or do we need to really know each other? We don't all need to know each other. Are we oh. trying to all think that we can live together and somebody wants to control the have some sort of say in control where they really shouldn't have any say or control? They can always right. backtrack and they can say, well, I'm the consumer. Or I know because I've been right. buying all kinds of bud all the time. 
Where's misunderstanding? It's not really about product, is it? It's not. No, like, and, and to me, there's like, um, there's really a spiteful quality to all of those posts. Like, they can't wait to have the opportunity to take a screen grab. Like, if, if you were a man about your shit, you would, you would talk it out with the manager or whatever if there was a legitimate issue and let them make it right. That's how fucking decent people interact with each other. Yeah. But it's only one of these fucking nerds for whatever reason. I think it comes from jealousy. And it's, dude, they started a fucking delivery service. Anybody who's on that thread knows who the fuck I'm talking about. And I have no issue against this person. But the minute that they get to play, they fucking scoop that opportunity. How many of those nerds have asked me for a fucking job? They're now shitting on me and telling people don't support resellers. That begged me for a job and told me I would like to do what you're doing. Because they feel like there's nothing to it. And they don't get to play, and they use their excuse that they've married or they got kids or whatever the fuck. It's like, no, bro, you, you couldn't do it. Um, and you can take the moral high ground by saying, yeah, well, well it's illegal. Well, you're coming from Mass too, right? Mm. And you're picking up the limit at every dispensary? Yeah. Oh, and you're picking up for friends too. Oh, and you're smoking for free sometimes. Oh, so what is it? Oh, and it's always some bullshit. And like, dude, there is a real war with the state going on oh, yeah. in weed. And you're investing your energy into, you know, what the growers Instagram posts are about. Mm. Or that somebody might be making money on the side. Like, dude, this is fucking weed. These are the last cowboys left, man. Yeah, for sure. And, and these guys pride themselves on being OGs and remembering the past. And it's like, dude, what are you on about that you're like smoke according to the rules? There's a lot of stories that could come out that were that happened even prior to uh, stores opening up. When you mentioned like Last Cowboys, I think to myself that I, I wasn't a part of that. I mean, not really. Not like these other guys. You know, the people who have been doing this for for decades. Right. So I have uh, I respected in that. I respected more that they were willing to break. They were. I don't even want to call it break the rules or, or break the law or whatever like that. They were doing it because that's what they wanted to do. Right. And, uh, and that was a life that was offering them mm. either the same way where they could stop thinking about money, but it was, it hasn't always been glorious either. Right. It was more about, they were able to live each day and each week in a therapeutic and methodical lifestyle that fit Maybe it was simplicity. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was all about the dollar. Maybe it wasn't. But it involved facets of all of those categories for them to go further with. So now, and I've remarked this to a couple different people. I'm just, I won't throw their names out, but it's come up a little bit more. Remember when this was fun? Because it was a little bit more cowboy. Not because it was like illegal, but more because it was there was greater appreciation for one another because we were all in this together doing this mm -hmm. thing that we were drawn to for whatever reason it was right we knew each other and we did it together and like now it's business the worst thing that can happen in life is when you stop having that love for what you're doing on a daily basis whether it's work or in life whatever how are you, how are you spending your hours 
you lately, you've gone into more artistic undertakings or creative undertakings. Maybe for other people, it might be like uh, piano. It might be it might be that painting. It might be reading. It might be just hanging out outside when they haven't been hanging out outside for a while, and they get their time for themselves in a in a project. It might, it could be gardening, but not it doesn't have to be cannabis. Just gardening mm -hmm. or fixing up their house. These things that we do that have meaning that give you like a worth too when it's accomplished or, or even through the process and a greater understanding and insight about life, about who we are, what we're looking for. I think, I think you're finding that, aren't you? You've talked about that. I, and that never changes though. You're probably going to still continue to be on that search. It's a lifelong yeah, thing, dude. I'm, I feel like I've I'm been writing there. my book, man. I started my book. It's there called... were different times in my life when I felt like a monk or, or oh. a holy man or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Not where I was trying to influence other people, right. but I was on this own journey within yeah. to find something deeper. And I can't say like it's finding a meaning in life because that's not it. But the more like you learn things and you yeah. read old writers as well, and then you have your own interpretation of yes. something that it's happens so in life. That's what I want. Those moments are what I want. Like, uh, I am thankful to Evan for podcasting, for getting me into doing podcasting. Mm. Because, uh, to, it's sort of like bartending in that I got to talk to a lot of people who would have never given me the time of day and what they do outside oh, of them being their bartender. Once you're their bartender, you could talk to them and you could right. find out shit in their life that you don't, they don't even know you're, they're giving up. Or they do, but they right. want to. They want to share it. And the same with me, but you usually let them. And so many good stories. So many different, like, <clears throat> to me, you can tell when you're being bullshit, when you know there's honesty in it. Both happen. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? You know that, too. You know that through your interactions with a lot of different people. So you know when to call bullshit on something and, and exclude it or, or not pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. But you know when to go closer, to maybe almost get burnt. You've done that lately, haven't you? And you've yeah, been man. doing that. That's the way to live, isn't it? Yeah, man. Um, it's very present, man. I'm not worried about what's going on in the fucking world. I mean, I... Would that be the best advice to give to anybody right now? Yeah, dude. If you didn't have that fucking phone on all the time, you wouldn't fucking know and you wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. And honestly, if we're being honest, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll sound like an asshole, but nobody gives a shit, really. They're just doing it for virtue signaling or because everybody else is doing it and I don't want to seem like an asshole, so let me post this. But there, nobody's heart's really in it. Like no. you're, you're being, your energy's being wasted. You know, it's being harnessed. This is a fucking social experiment that, that these fuckers are running. Who knows what's going on over there? Mm. And, if, and if you didn't have a fucking TV and a phone, you wouldn't give a shit. And... That's life, dude. That that sucks, but that's life, man. That's how it's always been. Um, can we? I I've been wanting. I've found myself departing and living in a little bit more of a balance. But, but do we have to understand? Is it an all or nothing? No, and that so like you. I thought about what you said earlier about the um, relationships, right? Because I'm an extreme case. This is, I, I don't know if a lot of people can, you know, make the, um, 
space in their life for the the shit that I'm on to get to, to freedom. Um, so no, you know, like not everybody can just not for everybody turn it off. Like and yeah, free, it's so, not easy, right? I'm I'm talking about if you really want to be free, which is the shit that I'm on. Um, but most people probably wouldn't be able. To. It's very fucking you know all the things that I do, man. I have a PO box. I'm 30 years old. And, you know, I've missed fucking appointments because my shit gets, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm disconnecting from everything and I have to go patient in person and they make me jump through all these hoops because they try, they're trying to funnel me into the, the metaverse and the digital bank currency and everything. Um, but I'm. You're yeah, a one-man um, show. Um, yeah, and I, I so know that... So you have to be aware and attentive to just about anything and everything that occurs. I'm just, I'm just like, a nut just about aware. that. Yeah, I'm just aware, and I, I'm the kind of person that, you know, I can't just watch the documentary, and it doesn't fucking change my life, dude. You know, I watch it, and I'm like, fuck. You know, I can't just ignore that. Yeah. Um. I guess that's because the way that I was brought up in the cult, you know, we're supposed to make the application. Cult being the Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, yeah, like you were supposed to make the application in your life for real, not just see that it was a, a nice point or, or practical wisdom, you know. Um, but yeah, most people, <laughs> I'm crazy to most people, man. How? Yeah, but but to the but to some, you're not. You're not even close to being crazy. Oh, dude, like, I uh, think I'm pretty own, fucking lucid, man. Own. Yeah. But, you know. Isn't that the world we are in? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's even biblical, man. And I, I, that's the kind of shit that I'm thinking about. I'm not saying that I subscribe to it necessarily, but I'm like, yo, Isaiah did say that. That they would say that, you know, up was down and dark was light. And the world is fucking upside down right now. It is. Only on the metaverse. Right. In real life, people no, are fucking if I, great. If I felt like I could totally blow it off, but yet in the last few months, uh, in the last few years, this idea, this restriction and this, the only application it really had was the idea that people were willing to put on masks. Hmm. And, uh, and that influenced the world more than anything. Now, of course, we got to deal with bullshit, you know, false hikes and everything from energy to food to whatever right. so unfortunately what's happening on the metaverse is hitting us in that way too right. but it's played there the the, yeah. the theater is right there on a day in and day yeah. out <clears throat> what i think needs to happen is not only like this it can't be just a passive uh, allowance for this to exist and say i'm not going to pay attention what else can we do because i keep thinking that mm. In some ways, okay, I like that, and it's a little bit daring and damning to to think or to say. But some ways, we need to part our society away from what's being given to us as this gift of technology. We almost need to fight for individual liberties again, where we're not doing that at all. Not even fight in the same context of how they want, how they say the battle needs to be fought, because. They're creating the rules right. for how we're supposed to yep. fight for our right to to not wear a you mask go or to them. not get a vaccine or yeah. to, you gotta to ask uh, them permission. Not, yeah, you got to ask their permission. 
Why? Why do we have to ask their permission? That's what I'm saying. Why? Who the fuck are they? They're just some people. I was in on fucking Roosevelt Island. I'm doing a delivery. First time client, and I'm looking at this church. I never go to Roosevelt Island. I used to photograph uh, for picture day for kids. And there's this beautiful church. People are outside. I'm blasting Johnny Cash. I feel badass. <laughs> fucking, what Johnny Cash? Um, Which one? What's Belshazzar. Huh? It was... I think one of the first albums. Oh, was uh, it? I'm just going through the whole anthology. You oh, know? are you? And, okay. And it was Bel- Belshazzar, and he's talking about, you know, when uh, the writing was on the wall in Babylon. It's a fucking dope song. Uh, he's, you've been waiting the balance and been found wanting. And so this, like, Roosevelt Island cop, he's not a city cop. He's just, like, the security for that, that place. Yep. He points, oh, he didn't say anything. He was just looking at me. I didn't see his lips part. And so I just looked at him and I kept the music loud until I saw his lips move. And then I turned down the music and he was like, you're in our spot. And I'm like, okay, um, I'll leave eventually. I'm like, you're not gonna, I'm not leaving, man. Cause, and it's not a, it's not an ego thing. It's not a toxic masculinity thing. It's who the fuck are you? You're just some guy in a fucking uniform. And because you drove in on that car and some fucking sign that somebody put up there that wasn't there before. That's what? That's yeah. such a fucking con. You yeah. have no real authority. So I blew him off. Anyway, like I left after I made my delivery. But I'm like. The dude went back to his car with his, with his tail tucked between his legs. And I'm like, dude has never had that interaction. Nobody's ever been like, yo, you're just some guy. Calm down. Like, I'm leaving a minute. It's just a sign. Relax. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, the sign says. Dude, we've been conditioned this way since our fucking first days in you school. The conditioning. Yes. You know, I, I was doing the school photography gig. You know, I was assembly line photography. Um... And I noticed everywhere that this is fucking prison training. These kids have no fucking dignity anywhere. They're being yelled at from the second they get in, in, in the fucking auditorium. Sit down. Be quiet. Over there. Oh, because you were fucking loud, you were going to go last out at, at of the auditorium. And it's like, dude. like. And so when are these yeah, kids ever... Right, All of a when, sudden like that. I get it. Disruptions. Uh, there needs to be a... A certain amount of order to the world in order for the world to exist to, to be would you agree with that yes there but if you're always like order. yelling at people you know to enforce that order those people i mean the majority of them i guess because i don't know if that's through conditioning or if that's just human nature are, are gonna go along with it yeah but it's like but dude that is the whole concept of authority, it, you know, it's fucking immoral. It's an easier path to be obedient. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. It really yeah. is. I'm always getting into some shit that I really don't want to get into. <laughs> yeah, you are. Just because I'm like, no, that that's crazy, man. You don't see it, but that you're out of control, man. Like people that say you have a problem with authority always are the fuckers that have the problem with authority. Who says that? Mm. It's somebody that's like, yo, I have the badge and you need to do what the fuck I say. You're just some guy like me, man. Um, and people don't fucking think that way anymore. 
I feel like I don't know if that I feel like Americans used to think that way. I don't know if that's just some dream that I yeah, have. Yeah, right, right. I don't know if it's dream or not anymore. <laughs> that was, that's yeah, also some bullshit that. that we were sold. But I'm like, yo, Americans used to not like. Don't tell me what the fuck to do. Was our whole thing. Yeah. And now it's like, I, um, authority. What do we do here? You know, somebody come, come tell me what to do. Come tell me what to think. And it's like, dude. You know, that's why people are so fucked up and that's why they're so dependent on this shit and they can't just go out. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I've heard a lot of people, I've had a chance to travel and be in different countries and I don't give a shit. Like, uh, I was in other countries, not some, in some sense vacationing, but backpacking. So I was living pretty good or not pretty good, but. You know, it's the same kind of thing where you're traveling from town to town, and I go to a hostel. And Dolce Vita. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I did the same thing around America. Like, I backpacked, uh, mm. I drove around America. So I was in a car, because you have to be in a car, because it's not very right. well conceived that way, where travel's easy, and, and you'd always end up into cities. So it's not always, always uh, about the enjoyment of a city. It's about the, the towns or the areas that are around those cities, the, the nature end of things. To be honest with you, that was really kind of cool too. Mm. Hidden bookstores and coffee shops right. where people hung out, yeah. bars, galleries. Real neighborhoods. Yeah, that's where you get the flavor for the yep. people. And, so, and it was very much the same, but it was always like locale different. And that was really kind of cool because you'd encounter so many different personalities. And sometimes those people were people you wish you knew for a longer period of time in life. Mm. Sometimes you're like, fuck, that was, uh, I wish that would have never happened. You know? <laughs> but it did. And you remember it and you learn something from spice it. Spice so of life. Cares. Man. Yeah, the spice of life. <clears throat> so I've, I've always been sort of drawn to not knowing what happens next. Like with bartending, it's a different group of people, different conversation, different shit that happens every night. That's what you're, you're doing. You're still at, just pouring at, uh, drinks. Yeah. For, yeah. Where I you seem to enjoy that years. a lot. Yeah, I do. I do. I like it because <clears throat> I'm not knocking. I'm over at the Eagles Club and I'm bartending a few nights a week. Uh, I started off like with one day of training and then every bartender was sick or injured or whatever. <laughs> baptism by fire, man. Yeah, baptism by fire. And so it wasn't like the process of doing the bartending. Like it was knowing where they put shit because I'm only one day in. Well, okay, so that stuff you had <laughs> right. to figure out like the protocol. But everything else was just easy. Like talking to these people, hanging out with these people, hearing their stories about whatever they, whether they got drunk or whether they <laughs> judo chopped somebody in the throat years ago or whatever it is, or how's, how their business is doing, whatever. Yeah. Or if they hate working for the man. But it's all of that. It's all of that rolled up in one. And you never know from Tuesday to Wednesday what that shit's going to be. That's what I like about it. That's cool, man. Slinging the drinks is slinging the drinks. Uh, that was my saying at one That's point. Fun, Slinging dude. drinks and painting bitches. What do you think of that? <laughs> I like can that. Can you relate? <laughs> I can. I can relate, man. I feel it deeply in my soul. <laughs> yes, you should chase that feeling. Like chase that. Have it while That's it's great. there, because uh, I shouldn't say because, but in years from now, it, it might be the same right. kind of passion, but it might be directed in different direct. It might be for some different purpose or different directions. Dude, um, That's. That's what I've learned in my 50 plus years in the world. And doesn't mean I'm smart. It doesn't mean any of that shit, but 
Now you've you been through things, man. To it. Yeah, you've been through things. Yeah, we, and what better way? I don't go around saying like uh, I've had trauma about something this or that. No, that shit was bad. I'm gonna move on, or I'll recover, and then I'll move right. on. Whatever it is. But when that shit's good, that shit's fucking good. Yeah, man. I'm I, I've been uh, running with some feel my oats like marketing on my shit. Feel your and then like everybody do like feel your oats, man. Like don't fucking worry about what the nerds are thinking. The savage man lives within himself. And like, dude, you only get one shot, and at the end. You know, like I tell this story, I took my mom to Israel. You and did? Yeah. We, I've been twice. I took her what, the one time. Why were you drawn to going to Israel? Dude, because I was raised with that shit. Yeah. Man. I lived the stories. I knew them by, by heart. And, you know. And, and It was holy ground, too. Yeah. And I was there, dude. And it didn't fucking matter. Did you feel something? Dude, I get the Jerusalem syndrome. I get, I, get, I believe that that's a real thing, man. Like, I was at the Mount of of Beatitudes on the Sea of Galilee, and I read Matthew 5 through 7 out loud, dude. And at the end, towards the end of chapter 7, I just started, I just broke down crying. Like, dude, I don't know. I wasn't putting it on, man. Like, that was some yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. I was right there. And whether it was on this rock or on, the, like, it was right fucking here somewhere. And this the Jews believe that the the Temple Mount that is now run that is the I think it's well it's one of the holiest churches in Islam now, like and you have this mix with the Jews and and they think that Adam that's where Adam was created, mm -hmm. they think that that's where Abraham also almost sacrificed Isaac, that that's where Muhammad ascended and that's why it's now uh, a mosque, um, like dude that's fucking heavy. And this used to be the side of the temple, and David used to live out here, and he shepherded the goats out there. And Jesus, like, whether you believe in the shit or not, man, like, that's what I was going to ask you. Powerful, Does it matter man. to believe it doesn't if fucking it really matter. happened or if changed the, the, the world? The of it? Yeah. And and the thing is, to me, it's it's culture, dude. Like all these people shitting on. I get, I get, you know, like the moral reasons why people shit on religion and everything. But yeah. but when they like, dude, this is. Religion birthed all of culture. There was no such thing as art. There's a sign at the Met that says they, this wasn't art to them. This was an expression of their fucking religion. Religion birthed culture. And there's so much that you miss out on when you just like, because you don't like institutionalized religion. You know, you, you disregard the holy books. Like, you know, I hear the docents. And they know when the thing was made and how it was made and how long it took. They yeah. don't fucking know the story. Yeah. And when I was leading tours through there, I was telling people, don't read the sign. What do you see? I, was, I just took my mom through there and she's struggling because she's, you stop seeing, you know, like what's actually on the fucking canvas. And if you look, the dude has short hair. Everybody else has long hair. There's five guys up against him. There's some chick here in this battle scene for some reason. It's fucking Samson. Representation. Delilah. The yeah, symbolism. you can figure this out, you know, because we know the fucking stories. Um, oh, sorry, I lost the, the, what I branched off of that from. We were talking uh, about, like, you finding it to be a holy place. Or maybe is that too far back? Um, yeah. It is a holy place, though. Is it um, holy to you now? Yeah. Like it hasn't changed, even though you've changed. 
No, like it's it's that's the template to me. That. Like, yeah, it's it's more you know, I I take more creative license with like all those all those words. I mean, to some people, I might be blasphemous, but it is a, literally a holy place. I think. Mm. Um, I was uh, when I was twenty eight. I went to the well. It wasn't just the Vatican, but I went to Vatican City. Okay, wasn't a spiritual journey for me right. at all. I, I was raised Catholic, but in a very uh, we'll go every once in a while kind of uh, interaction with it. I didn't go to catechism, which was a form of Bible reading where kids could get together and share whether a nun or, or a priest would be the one who would read it off. I, I wasn't raised very, very religious, but tradition was Catholicism. <clears throat> cool shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but it never really attracted me to think of something. I, I didn't gravitate towards like yeah. science. I, I didn't say, well, I'm, uh, I might've said at one time in my life, I was an atheist, but I don't fucking think I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. I said, I'd it's be a more like an agnostic, somebody right. who believes in a higher being. Cause there's, there's a difficult, there's difficulty in looking at everything around us, not thinking that there's. Well, yeah, yeah. we get into a lot of different things because we we could talk about free will, diving oh, into that. Yeah, uh, but but in a cosmic sense, and I'm right here in what's going on here on Earth. Each thing, I can't believe. I have a hard time believing that there's not something indivisibly greater right. for each person, and and I think that comes with consciousness. I think that's where we get it. I think that's why we have that made in God's image. Fun. <laughs> yeah but the vatican was really cool i went there for the yeah, art i went there for place. the art if yeah. i could tell you and i, I was came blown for inspiration away. hell yeah those bastards stole so much good art through them centuries dude, dude. the fucking uh the fucking the Tons. where the where the pope speaks from the um oh uh he robbed that shit from the pantheon dude they stripped oh, they? that I they stripped that, that off well, the columns just down the road right exactly <laughs> they don't need it anymore fucking pagans yeah yeah no it's some cool shit They've been sort of, I think a lot of organized religions have been uh, bastardized through time. Yeah. And I'm not going to say there was anything perfect about being a Catholic, um, especially given more recent. But even that, I think about more recent things, and I'm not going to say like uh, pedophile shit and all that wasn't true because I think it was, but but I, I don't know if that would be a fair evaluation of the belief system. Yeah. So, and people have seemed to toss aside the belief system as much as they have the, the um, institution yeah. of organized religion. Yeah. I, think, I don't think that's right to do. Right. People always overcorrect. You know, yes. When, that's what I did when I left the, the We've been cult. Doing that for decades. Yep. I'm you know, sorry. That's what you did when what? When I left the cult, I, I went in the opposite direction and, and I, I went through the atheist phase too. Yeah. Um, and and then I just started like paying attention to real life, and I'm just like, no, I don't know, man. I think it takes more faith to believe that there's nothing than, like you said, consciousness. If if I can think all this shit in my head, you know, where did this come from, and why doesn't my fucking puppy have this shit going on in her head? Um, why are we so unique in the world and shit like that? Um, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um Yo, I lost that. I started thinking about it. Let me tell you a really funny story yeah. when you just said what you did. Uh, there was a guy out here maybe about an hour before you got here. Yeah. 
he was on a bike and he was like, hey, you want to sign this? I don't, it's, uh, it's something against the state where they can't spend a billion dollars needlessly. <laughs> you mean like they do every day? This guy had uh, a blunt in his hand that was just crusting and was about to burn his finger. He said, dude, was totally high. <laughs> but he said, I don't know if you guys are into conspiracy theories, oh, but hell birds yeah. aren't real. <laughs> he bought on that one. I'm, I'm waiting to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I've, I've heard that one. I haven't heard the explanation. I uh, looked no into good. it yet. They're robots, dude. They're watching us. That's what he said. Yo. But he hung out for like 15, 20 minutes. And uh, and I entertained him by hanging out with him for 15, 20 minutes that's too. Funny, Why not? So. Yeah, dude. But that's what life is about, man. Yeah. Like, it, and I think people are filtering out too many characters, man. And because social media gives you the option to, you know, narrow down the shit you want to see, and that's the only thing that people see. And YouTube's the same way. And I hate that. Though. You can it block people. Shaped. It gets shaped. Yeah, by and, our likes. and on social um, like dating apps, you can narrow it by height, weight, gender, whatever. Yeah. Um, and people are like, they're losing that uh, appreciation, like you said earlier, for people that are fucking characters and they're different and they're not gonna fit. And if you exclude you make your search, you know, with all these fucking filters, this person's never going to bless you. And when I started detaching from this shit, I started meeting these fucking people on the street. Yeah. And they're funny. And sometimes yeah. they say shit to me that I'm like, yo, two years ago, that would have pissed me off. But now I'm like, you're fucking funny. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm meeting all these cool people. And I'm like, and all these other people are just passing by and... Because they're worried about some bullshit that doesn't actually affect their daily life most of the time. Or it's not something that you can't, you know. Quantify? Yeah, I don't want to like minimize people's concerns, you know, but a, a lot of the people that. A lot of the stresses that people have in their life, like, it doesn't fucking affect you really in your personal life. Mm. You know, like what's going on on the other side of the world does matter doesn't really affect us and and that sucks but that's the way it is and if the shoe was on the other foot that's how it would be that it's only because we're a fucking wealthy nation that we don't have to bust our ass all day every day that we're even like thinking about this shit like that wealthy 30 trillion in the hole wealthy (laughs) yeah right exactly yeah when you have it (laughs) to burn like that that, we didn't do that (laughs) dude we were were set up man Yeah. yeah The whole thing's a fucking setup. Just to think that there's even this thing that ticks. Is that in New York City where it has? Yeah, yeah. It's Just a um, friendly reminder that thing. we're in the hole this much. Right. And do they still? Is that's there fucking like a, isn't that, sick. That's a mind job, yeah. dude. That's what a the mind fuck job. is that? Because you're not. I'm not. We didn't do that shit. Right. Yo. Yeah, man. So that's where the uprising needs to come in. That's my opinion. I don't know how it gets done where it's not. Communities, and I'm man. Not, I'm not saying that it needs to be violent, but no. but, but there needs Just to be Just the fucking this, neighborhood says right. we're not, we, we as a neighborhood, all of the citizens of this neighborhood agree, you know, like. Cause how I, can that neighborhood get so big, though, when we're talking like states where no, nothing dude, It's got to be, you. like, to me. It's got to be community. It's just got to be on a community level. And everybody, you know, that sucks. But that's the other community. And they decided to do it differently. And that's, you know, like, I was telling my mom, I don't fucking, these signs, man, I don't follow them. And red lights, if there's no 
camera and it's two in the morning to me are optional because I'm Diogenes, man. Yeah. And I'm making a fucking point. <laughs> and I run the stop sign because it's just a fucking sign I that totally some agree. asshole put <laughs> up, dude. An <clears throat> asshole like me decided that that's where you got to stop. And that's why I got to stop when it's three in the fucking morning and nobody's out here. Yeah. Um, They're and, guides. They're supposed to be guides. Right. The fucking that's lines. Like right. I'm at the Met and this fucking guard. I, I, he's in the frame. I'm, I snap a picture, and he's like upset. He's masked, dude. I can't even fucking see his face. He's just in the frame. He's like, "Are you taking a picture of me?" And I'm like, "You're just <laughs> in the frame. It's not about you." He's like, "Oh," and he runs off all mad. And I'm like, "Dude, look at where we are, and you're telling me to color inside the line." <laughs> and and then I went to there was there was a fucking docent. Oh, I man. go into the. The pretty girl galleries, you know, starting with Degas and ending with Picasso. And there's this lady, and I, I'm taking pictures of her hands, and she's also masked. So what, I'm, I'm not capturing your likeness, and I'm not making money off of this. This is just for me, man, for now. And she's like, she stops her tour at one point because I took a few pictures, and she was like, um, are you taking pictures of me? And I'm, I'm like, no, you're just in the frame. Like, I'm taking pictures of your hands. And she's like, well, maybe some pe people don't want their pictures taken, uh, taken. And I'm like, this seems like the place for it, though, don't you think? And, she, you know, she was like still feeling uncomfortable. So I was like, all right, well, lady, you know, have a good day. And I'm like, you're missing the point of this place, man. And yeah. And I had just come out of the photography gallery. And I'm like, imagine somebody telling Frank Kappa, like, I don't want to be in that picture. Like, dude. And and it's just because they're fucking used to the lines and the rules and they don't mm. see life anymore. They don't see, like, the fucking poetry and the art and just, like, everyday things. It's got to be, you know, just, like, dude, you get it. That's why you work at the fucking place. That's why you enjoy yeah. that, yeah. man. Because every day. That's the breath in my lungs every and day. You're not going to like it every time, but it was fucking different than the last time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what you have to expect is that it's not in something you can anticipate uh, each outcome, each and every time. That's what, and that's what makes like <clears throat> life. Should art longer. be on walls in museums like that? Dude, I fought I would, with that. I was just talking I about that with my mom. Like, because Does that take away from the experience you should be having? Yes, dude. So there's this like there's the um I don't I, the official name I think is like ancient instruments, the ancient instruments wing. I'm not sure if that's or classical instruments, but you've got all these amazing pieces that were played at some point. Pieces, yeah, that, right? that were pieces. commissioned. Yeah, yeah. You've got like the fucking um. The, hundreds of years yeah the, all the instruments that are in the paintings they've got a painting with instruments and next to the painting are the fucking instruments in the painting like but i'm thinking like everything says please oh, do cool. please do not touch um nobody plays these things anymore and i'm like yeah i get it but at the same time these nerds aren't doing it for our benefit like they're doing it to get their name on a fucking plaque and to say i did that that's fucking mine and they even though they open it to the public, like you got to pay, so they own it. Yeah, and they're reminding you of it every time. So uh, I don't know, man. I'm Are most galleries uh, associated with foundations. Yeah, it's a big uh, circle jerk, man. A yeah, bunch of nerds that, that weren't dude. creative enough to do their own art, and this is how they grift off of it. Which I get, you know. Yeah, but they make it seem like like that, it's man. not that. 
Yeah. You know, like, and that it's, it's just for the culture and, you know, for public enrichment. And it's like, no, you nerds own the shit and you tell us what hours we can see it and we got to pay you for it. How long and is art supposed to exist? That particular piece of art, how long should that exist? You're aware of it as well mm -hmm. as I am, that there are paintovers by secondary artists on original pieces of artwork too. Now we're looking at something that's uh, being restored. Right. And part of me is like, well, fucking don't bother restoring that shit. It doesn't need to look. Damn, dude. I forget his name, uh, Chinese uh, um, artist, uh, Wei Wei or Wee Wee. Yeah. I can't remember. Do you, Wei is Wei. That it? What he's, is it? He's the one with the, uh, the, the Skyladder? No, that's, no, uh, Wei Wei. He's the chubby been, one. Yeah, he's been big, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the one. And my friend Jeff, the artist, uh, turned me on to him. And okay, looking okay. Looking into him years ago. Yeah. He would take these vases, vases, okay. whatever you might want to call them, <laughs> and they were pieces of treasured art that he bought, mm -hmm. and then he dropped them, and they broke, and they shattered. Diogenes, man. That's... That is fucking powerful. And that, I'm not yeah. saying we need to do that with everything. Right. But why are we putting so much value in this idea that it needs to live forever? Interesting. That's the way I interpret that action. That's what I did. And everybody might see it Dude, a little bit Dude, you would have loved to have this conversation with an with, uh, ex-girlfriend of mine that I had in Italy when I was in the cult. She was an architect. and She, nice. was, she was always struggling. Italian there. cults, even better. Yeah, dude. She was like a, a Catholic Jehovah's Witness, man. That's like the most <laughs> extreme level there is, man. They go beyond, above and beyond all the rules. Which part of Italy? Uh, Cesena, Emilia-Romagna in the northeast by northeast. the Adriatic, Adriatic Sea. Yeah. I didn't get to stop there. I just probably took a train through Bologna there, is the, the big train, yeah, train station. Is, yeah, yeah, I did spend only a day there. but yeah. yeah, man. No, it was dope. And she was always on the same thing. And I, I'm trying to remember which, which, what she decided, where she was arguing between uh, restoring you know, ancient architecture and just, or just letting it be. So I don't know, man. I, what, I would love to be that? able to f phone a friend right now because I'm like, yeah, Claudia, <laughs> what do you right think? Answer. There's no right answer. But it's almost like this attraction to the, uh, not the anarchy, the nihilism of it. Yeah. The, the, okay, it's so yeah, I would let it go. Of, I would let it go. You would let it go? Yeah. Would you? You would drop it? If you had I mean, something like that. I wouldn't drop say, it. Okay, say you had, a, who who you... For like two-dimensional artwork, who are who, like, is there a painting or is there an yeah. artist? That Caravaggio's my my guy. He's I'm sorry, been like no. Caravaggio. Caravaggio. Yeah. Okay, I'm he not did, familiar with. He did um, the um, the head of uh, Goliath with David oh, with the no head of Goliath. Shit. What um, in sculpture? No, as a painting. Oh, he's yeah. the one. He's one of the big Caroscuro guys. Um, that did the. Uh, he played a lot with black light and darkness. Yeah, like empty. and then the light comes on the subject. Matter. Exactly. Very right. dramatic. It looks like a fucking movie. Gotcha. gotcha. And um, oh, that's a powerful piece. Yeah, he's too. he's like a contemporary of of Bernini's. Would you take a knife to it? Oof, damn! But to be like to have that feeling. <laughs> oh man, could you take a knife to it? Probably not, but who like, who's allowed to? Only the artist, probably, right? Yeah, right, right. I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't want to see this frenzy of people going in and places right. Nobody's, destroying. Yeah, yeah. I think either. How about the person who bought it? No, no. I agree with. I that. don't know. Yeah, I don't think so, man. Like, because 
that's how they do it right now. The fucking nerds. Oh, I want that shit off the museum, and now nobody can see it. Now it's a private collection. Yeah. You got to be my friend. <laughs> no, and, I, and even at the Met. Dude, like with the, with the Barnes collection at, um, in Philly, you know, they, this man worked his whole life. They, they laughed at him. They thought he was a fucking joke. And he was on to the post-impressionist before other oh, Americans. he had his he, own art. He uh, built his, right? yeah, right, like at, at home, his home. Like right, you had right. to go out of the way to go see him. Mm-hmm. And he was so offended that these nerds thought that he was fucking nobody. He had an eye and he knew it and he, I love that. He saw the movement he had, before the movement. Right, he yeah. had the confidence in himself, even though he wasn't from the, the, the art world. He was like, no, I've got a good eye. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And he invested all this money. And he's got the greatest post-impressionist collection maybe in the world. Uh, or at least Picasso collection, dude. Picasso's an artist who grew on me with time. Yeah. And so I started to get away from traditional like a Van Gogh, like like a Monet, right. like people who got me into it, or, or the artists who drew me to it. It was when Picasso departed from traditional and went into this mind meld of like imagery where people say, well, a kid could draw that. Yeah. yeah, but do they understand what the fuck this guy, the subject matter right. he took, everybody had seen before and decided he would reinterpret it? Um, that was, that's nuts, where it just, you know, cir- circles and dots for eyes and stuff like that, all within this piece. And yet his next painting, and I forget the name of it, but it was about uh, a war in Spain. Uh, oh, uh, Guernica. With, with a horse. Yeah, yes, right. Yes. Now you look at a piece like that and you're like, look at this world these people had to yeah, that's nuts, live in and endure. Right, right. And who could have captured that but this guy in the same way it was felt. Um, and I've always been a big fan of Marcel Duchamp. Yeah. A uh, woman down the stair uh, staircase or walking down the staircase. Right. Very futuristic okay. uh, work. That is self-portrait on one of those? It was, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. that looks like Carrie. Could never, uh, never do good self-portrait. I think I have four different versions. There is one that was kind of cool. That piece up there to the right, the far right, yeah. was a portrait I did of a uh, oh, guy named cool, Bob, uh, Bob Russell. Phenomenal artist, somebody who, <clears throat> if he's not creating, he, it's an unproductive day. Okay. And he's cool. that devoted. Cool, cool, That's cool. pretty wild. Yeah. So uh, he went through a phase where he was doing stuff like that, uh, circles and and miscued shapes, and you know, within cool. the framework. Um. So I think it was like a forty-five minute session. I was in one oh, wow. spot here, That's great. and uh, my friend Jeff was in another spot, and Bob was in this spot. So we were kind of triangular to one another couldn't see each other's works and i'm like what am i gonna paint today and i look over and i'm like maybe i should try a portrait of him and those who know him probably see him in it 
But again, quite abstract. It's quite no, like a cool, loose man. interpretation. But those who see it say you painted him like around in his world, and I'm like fucking <laughs> right. That's awesome. Sick, <laughs> I wish I wish I could get to that. You know, like well, I'm just starting out, man. I just I just realized, you know, like uh, the whole time that I've been around art, I thought it was just just a, a curator curator type, but now I'm like practitioner. Yeah, maybe. 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 And I'm like... It took a while to work up to that point, especially since it wasn't an interest, wasn't an interest of mine right out of like uh, when I was a youth or something. But well, you find yourself attracted to things right. later. It, it's actually for me, like it's been attractive for a while, like since I came to New York when I was uh, How 19. How was that? 19? Yeah, 11 years ago. I got wow. my, my card in the mail last year, May 10. I'm official New Yorker now. Dude. Um, that's a long time ago. Yeah, man. I know. Well, fucking That's your life. World. Yeah. A lot of like your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good for you. Good thank you, man. How do you like Queens? Fucking Queens is my home, man. You got to die somewhere. I'm always talking shit that I'm going to leave New York. And I do <laughs> I do want to come to Maine. You know? I know now you're not going to. I know that. Uh, but you got to die somewhere, man. Met, I thought maybe you might. And you I gotta was die like, somewhere. it would be awesome if Maine had him. But... You know, I think you serve a greater purpose, higher purpose by not being here. I, I'm glad that I, you come I around. I feel that way right now, especially with with like the experiences that I'm having in um, in important places, like the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Man, like it's dude. I don't, they fucking talk about me, <laughs> <laughs> and they're watching me on the fucking cameras, and it is the Truman Show, <laughs> and. Dude, it's so Where's special to me. Right. That's unscripted. Exactly. And dude, Rubendahl yesterday, he put me on to a photographer, Jay Mizell. I don't know if you're familiar. There's a documentary on it on him called Jay Myself. I guess it's on Netflix. But I had the privilege of Mike Rubendahl not just like putting me on to him, but giving me his phone and there are all these messages streaming and he's getting tagged everywhere. And you know, I, I watched the trailer on there, and I'm like, dude, it's not a huge deal maybe to a lot of people, but uh -huh. like coming from where I came from, that I get to play this role right now. Yeah, um, I can't believe it, man. I'm so grateful for it. What's and, made that happen for you most in life? Like this is relatively recent. Yeah, it's um, more a change of mind, change of perspective. Yep. Uh, I think I don't know, man. It just clicked one day. Like I just stopped. I don't know, man. I, I just woke up and things were like, all right, man, dude, you're on your own. You're 30 fucking years old. What are you going to do, man? You're going to be, you know, lamenting that the best days are over. And obviously, you know, to somebody older, I sound crazy. Like, dude, you're 30 years old. No, not at all. Just fucking starting out. Yeah. But now I get it. And and I don't know. I, I just caught my, oh, I did a fucking water fast for 15 days. Water only. That was what kicked it off. Really? Yep. I haven't heard of that. Yep. I mean, I, I haven't really heard of that. Yeah. I've, I've done it a few times. I've done it for longer. One time I ended up in the ER because I couldn't stop throwing up bile. Um, but, but I set it up wrong. Like, I ate wrong. I pigged out the night before and then lived off of that shit food for, like, 24 days or whatever it was. Oh, wow. Um but but I did it right. Do you right. take any kind of vitamins? No, no, no like, nothing. To, to just me, water. to me, it's only a fast, really, if it's just water. And like you know, you, the Jews do it, the Muslims do it, Christians do it. Everybody's done it. Moses, Elijah, Muhammad, yep. Jesus. 
Um, you call it breakfast because that's what you do all night is fast. Um, and so I got on, on that train a while back, but I did it this time after, you know, my life, personal life fell apart last year. And it reset everything, man. Like it, it does have like a spiritually healing um, effect emotionally, physically, obviously. Like you can see it eating your the shit on you. Like you, you're, you can see the fucking white coating on your tongue with all the toxins because it can't push them out far enough. Your eyes are tinged yellow from, you know, your liver pushing all that shit out. Oh, wow. And um, I never thought that's of what, it. That's what kicked it off, man. Now that I think about it, I forgot about that. But that was big. And and 15 days without food, you know, I had all that time, extra time and energy to, to just think. And like... What, what period... I'm sure it's different for everybody. So I'm asking you for like your your personal experience. When you go through a fast like that, when through what is it a time period? When do you start experiencing something different that you know you're starting to experience something different within you? Okay. Whether it's toxins being flushed okay. out or a different type of yeah. mindset. So I I think like. <clears throat> You start to notice the physical effects first. Like after like three to five days, you see the white coating on your tongue, maybe a tinge of yellow in your eyes. Um, some people get nauseous. That'd they be get, affecting they, the brain too. Right. Um, um, you said like you experience like a oh, and then then like the change, this metamorphosis. I think uh, another big thing you notice is you start to distinguish. Because after, like, the third day for me, and, and most people on the internet say that after the third day for them as well, they stop feeling hungry. And so you start to be able to distinguish between a craving and actual hunger. Like, it's super clear. Oh, dude, I'm thinking about that. I'm not hungry. Because you, you stop being physically hungry. Everything shuts down and your, your, your body starts to eat at the, the shit in you um, and preserve muscle. Um, you can't really work out. No, no, not you know. You right. can't like some people do it because I don't know what what they're listening to. But yeah, you, you there can the ideal situation is that you're medically supervised or that you're able to take that time off of, you know, whatever else you've got going on in life, whether it's work or school or you know, yep. like you got to focus on that. But you know, if you know your body and you've done it before, like. I felt comfortable doing. I've done it, you know, more extreme before when I was younger, and, and less so now. But I've I've got experience. So, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, man, I, I felt um, you start like dealing with past traumas. It's it's kind of like a, a microdose, I guess. Yeah, uh, just on your own, um, right. because you now have all that energy that's not being used to um, digest anything. To, to whatever else. And you get these bursts of energy. Some people get bursts of creativity. Um, and once you come out on the other side, the longer you go, the, the more extreme the, the benefits are. And um, not the more not, extreme the benefits are. Yeah. I mean, but you have to like know your body. And that's why they, they recommend medical supervision yep. or at least, you know, dedicating that time to just that. Um, not to do it for weight loss, because that's where people get really fucked up. Like you, you got to get what this is that 
it has other effects to it. Jesus yeah. did this shit for 40 days for a reason. Moses, Elijah. Um, and so on the other side, like, you appreciate food like the the you know i don't eat salt anymore i could request i try to not eat salt anymore um because my taste buds work fucking perfectly man i don't need anything extra if everything tastes rich you know just on its own mm. and you you've healed your relationship with food and a byproduct is you i shed the pandemic weight so i'm feeling better about myself right, right. My, my stomach shrunk so i'm not as hungry anymore um I'm sleeping better. Like I, my skin cleared oh, more. The sleep yeah, too. like because it's eating literally at all the shit in your body. So even your skin, if you have like blemishes or like you know, I've got these these pock marks, it eats away at that too. And then you know now the, the toxins are removed from your tongue, and you see the bright pink. And dude, it has all kinds of crazy benefits. It's done properly, it's if it's done properly, right? And people shit on it, or, or doctors are ignorant about it because there's no money in it. And you know, doctors have told me I'm crazy when I went in the ER and, and they had a point, but I did it wrong. Yeah. You know, I set myself up for failure. And they were arguing with me and I'm like, dude, you don't study this in medical school. You're talking out your ass just yeah. because you have MD at the end of your name. I know more about this shit than you do. And and in the end, like I made some disciples of them, um, but you have to set it up right. Like you got, you can't just go into it Oh, and if you have diabetes or if you've got, you know, comorbidities, yeah, um, you got to be careful. You yeah, know, if, for sure. If you got a, a, a lot on your plate. You comorbidities. Know. That's a term that came around because of the pandemic. <laughs> dude, a a lot of new. Dude, we got that. a whole new fucking it's new, new speak. Yeah, yeah, new speak. Yeah, it is. And you got to use the right words. And dude, it's it's 1984. I'm like, what chapter of Revelation are we in today, man? Like, you don't need TV, man. Just go outside, dude. It's a fucking yeah, you know, um, post-apocalyptic dream. It's it's. I I was gonna say it's a shame, but there's a part of me that's also hopeful that what comes of this, it, it it's kind of. Uh, I don't think it would be right for me to say, but it's also a fasting, almost a cleansing for for humanity. Yeah, could could we look at that and I like positive. I like that a lot. That? Yeah, because that that's how I'm seeing it. Like I know, like I, mean, I don't want to see people perish, but right. ultimately that's something that may happen. Anyways, it's always going I mean, to happen. It's, yeah, it's always been happening. And in some ways, if you're there, uh, crazy like me, you think it's uh, conspiratorial and that this shit should have never happened. Right. I mean, and that's, that's true too. <clears throat> But, you know, like... Uh, but maybe I'm, it needed to. I'm seeing it maybe as... I, I like that. It's a, it's a kind of fasting. Um, I'm seeing it, like, on a community level, like we were talking about before. Where I, don't, I don't deal with anything online. If I can't get it in person, cash, I'm not getting it. Do you want my money or not? And whether it's the dentist... And I started that... I don't know if you want to include this in the interview, but, like, I started that shit during the pandemic. Oh, the mask, and do you want my money or not? And if they were really insistent, then I just I, I stopped participating in the whole yeah. thing, you know, and I'm yeah. out. And that's how I met my fucking dentist. And now my dentist loves me, and it's the coolest dentist experience that I've ever had. And he has all the cute, you know, dental assistants there, and it's fucking <laughs> great. And, you know, he's asking me, like, 
how do you do it? Because you can't find toys for his kids. And I'm like, I just go in person. I pay cash every day and I have great experiences. And he's like, you know, that it's just so hard for him. And I'm like, you just got to do a little more work, man. Like, it's annoying to go to the P.O. box. It's annoying to pay my fucking gas bill in person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it is. They make me jump through all these fucking hoops. But the more hoops I have to jump through, the more I'm reminded that it, I'm onto something. Yeah, it wouldn't are. be this fucking difficult if they weren't trying to funnel you into something. And when that happens, dude, like this is the government, man. We've seen this movie before. And every time we're fucking surprised. And I'm like, no, dude, like you might not get it. You can think me crazy, but I'm onto something. It wouldn't make it so difficult if if they didn't care about whether you used cash and did everything anonymously. They want to know every fuck. Why do they give you an easy pass discount? <laughs> Because they want to scan that shit. Yeah. They want to know where the fuck you are. Yeah. They wouldn't give you a discount otherwise. They don't give a shit about you. No. no they don't want that uh, track and trace type of uh, every transaction, every interaction. They want it to be tracked and traced. And people just lie so down and accept it. Now watching us. Man. Dude, the birds. Yeah. Yo, he, he might be onto something, <laughs> man. I'm going to look into that later. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, you were on it there. Um, God, I got to think of where, what direction, where I was going to hop in on that. Um, uh, I'll come back to it if it hits me. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, I'll get it. Um, <laughs> there you yeah, go. The spirit, it. man. I found it. Clutch. When, uh, so, like, what's going on here in Maine? And I want to talk about Maine Cannabis if you're interested yeah, in a little bit. Dude, Maine Cannabis is the reason why I'm here, man. It is. And the it reason is. why I'm a free man. What makes it different than other cannabis across America? You could be getting, it's let me religion, say this dude. up front. We, we both know you could get packs from Oklahoma, right. packs from Cali. Yep. If this was a game, if this was just about making money, you could get it at a, probably cheaper because it's reached that point all over the place. Why? Why bother? Weed in Maine is fucking football in Texas, man. This is religion. Like, dude, I've met you guys. Like, I've I've dealt with the people. Eric is so fucking excited about what he's got going on. Reed, dude, him and his girl, and like, oh yeah, these people they 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 have skin in the game. Yeah, they 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 know where this comes from. They're excited to do it the right way, and. Everywhere else, it's kind of watered down. It's become, like you said, you had a great line. You said it went from being a community to an industry. Yeah. And that's what happened in fucking Oregon and Washington and California. I don't know the scene in Colorado too much. Barcelona has a great scene. You know, the cannabis clubs out there are fucking dope. Oh, for real? Amsterdam has, you know, there's a lot of tourists, but it's still cool. It's it's cooler than what we got going on. A little bit more touristy now that I think of it. Right. Looking back at it. Barcelona is totally just geared to that. But Maine is like, you guys, there's such a deep respect. And like, some of the stories that I've heard, I don't know how much gossip you want to include, but you know, like Ryan at at, um, Mission and Company, Mm -hmm. at Dirt Your Fresin. Now, you know, they had their whole falling out. Somebody called police. And Megaro, I don't know that guy yet. He found out about it. And these are businesses, dude. Legal. Found out about it. He calls up every dispensary, according to the legend I was told, and says, pull it off the shelf if you want to deal with me again. Now, whether it's true or not, like, I'm... 
I love that story, man. Yeah. Like that, that it doesn't matter, dude. Like there's a fucking code and there's a way to do it. And Maine still has that, dude. We're in New York, like it's the Wild West out there and it's a fun time, but there isn't there's no code. Mm. You know? Mm. And there's a code here, man. And if if you live by it and you respect, you know, the history, the culture, and you're true to this, these fuckers help each other out. Yeah. And that's so beautiful within the group. Yeah, and and that's how it should be. Look at it as uh, we're people, we're not entities alone, and so we've got to make sure that we're protecting and correcting ourselves. And and you do, dude, like fucking Frost Factory, man. Yeah, he calls it out, dude, and people don't like it, and people get mad, and maybe sometimes his take isn't you know one hundred percent on point. Go ahead and miss, but. But he's not afraid. He's one of those guys that, that is like an OG of the community. And, you know, he calls shit out when he sees it. And I love that self-policing, you know, that, that that's how it should be. You don't need the fucking government to come in and, and look at anybody's shit. Like people in the industry know who's doing it right and who's getting away with shit and yeah. who's, you know, putting up bullshit. And if the consumer doesn't fucking know that, it... Honestly, it's, it's okay so, if it, the consumer doesn't know. It that is shit. okay, but but it, okay. to me, it's so accessible that they, that they could know if they wanted to look that deeply into. The only it. way they're going to know about that is if they dive into the metaverse, right? <laughs> 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 but dude, that's where I'm like, fuck. I'm an Instagram influencer it, now, dude. dude. I can't it. exist as a weed man without fucking Instagram. Oh, sure, for sure. And, and you know, I've res- I'm not never going on Discord. Fuck that shit. I deleted my Reddit. I'm never going on anything else. Like I already make people download Signal, and you got to follow. Like, I, yeah. and I think it's such an imposition, you know. But it's um, not that big of a deal. No, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know. But I'm like, whenever I go into a place and they're like, "Oh, to eat here, you got to download an app." I'm like, "What the fuck? What? Yeah, you counted that? Yeah, in New oh, York, man. Shit. It's bizarre world. I was in a bar the other day, and uh, I gave the guy uh, a bill, and he, I asked for change, and he's like, "We don't take cash here." i'm like what the fuck this is new york bro like what in brooklyn of course they gonna squeeze you out that way yeah no cash they're trying to man i mean and people don't see it like okay okay covid was a real thing whatever you want to believe about that fine but can you at least admit the government always capitalizes on emergencies yeah to go way beyond what we would normally allowed and they get away with it because we're fucking scared. And in New York, what pisses me off is that we act like we didn't go through 9-11 before. I wasn't fucking there, but I've given tours. I've, I know the fucking stories, man. Yeah. And they resonate with me. And I remember where I was in Los Angeles and I'm like, and that shit was real. But then the government came in and pulled a lot of fucking funny shit off of that. And they still keep signing the Patriot Act every fucking year. Yeah. They yeah. haven't caught one terrorist from that. No. But they're still listening to what the fuck you and I are texting about or, or what we're talking about, what yeah, we're emailing they gained about. they accessibility to everybody, whether or not it's every, you know. And it's like, so, okay, it, it was a real issue, but you trust the fucking government? You trust this same fucking government? If you're on the left, you trust the same fucking government that you were shitting on for the last... However many years, this is the same fucking government. Jen Psaki worked for Trump and Pompeo before she worked for fucking Biden. And now the news is she's going to MSNBC. I think she was at, uh, with Obama. Uh, Dude, and yeah. people don't fucking... Yeah. Like, 
it's a they're having a laugh, man. All of them go to the same fucking parties. Their kids go to school together, and um, it's theater, dude. Yeah, and and it's just meant to get regular people like you and me, real people, at each other's throats because we're fucking dangerous, man. And if you and I saw past their bullshit, we would be like, you know what, these fuckers. What if we just stop listening to them? We're all subject, you can call it propaganda, but we're all subject to a good sales pitch too. Yeah. And so there's a believability and an unbelievability. TV created a lot of, uh, TV and TV shows for my generation created that weekly tune in. And um, what's gonna happen to, I don't know, Fonzie on Happy Days next week, you know? Is he going to jump yeah. the shark? Right, right. That's the one episode I know, yeah. That's the only one I can recall. I'm more interested in Arnold, the guy who ran the diner. But, okay. <laughs> but, um, but we grabbed that. And then, uh, well, you know, there were housewives where you had, uh, they called them soaps. I don't think they exist being called soap operas anymore or soaps, but... Um, I guess that'd be a reality TV nowadays, right. you know, where it really becomes a focus for some people to lose their own life and project it into another. Or maybe it's not even that deep. It's just, it sucks your mind out of you for a little while and allows yeah. you to invest emotionally in something else. At least, but I, I do think you're onto something there where I think it also makes people feel better about their lives. Because yeah. everybody they're seeing, you know, is, is beneath them in some way. And, and worth? Does it give self worth? It, like Are a false sense of it. A Are false sense of it. Because it? it actually makes you feel like shit when but you we call when it you a false plug. sense. What about the ones who are watching it? They don't but, even but know. But I think once, well, I mean, some people are fucking dumb, man, and they don't even think that deeply, but I think people that maybe are a little bit brighter once they stop that's why they're addicted to that shit that's why they got to keep watching they got to binge watch everything every fucking night and what's yeah. the next show because once you stop then you realize oh man i'm back to fucking reality and it sucks for me and dude like i get it i was there man yeah. all last year the only thing that got me out of bed was working doing the deliveries and fucking getting tattooed rest of the time i was wasting the fucking day looking at instagram looking at fucking youtube videos bullshit not even anything interesting did or beneficial. anything positive come out of that you think just that like i'm not able like, to see it doesn't even have to be that direct forward like positive yeah. like i saw some or whatever like now you're talking about it as a lesson learned yes exactly that's what came out of it yeah right that I'm like, yo, dude, this is easy. it sucks you in, and it make it gives you a false sense of self worth, makes you feel better about yourself for a second, and that's why you keep staying on it because the minute you disconnect, you're like, oh shit, I'm still living this fucking life, and you know you just gotta just gotta go fucking outside, man. And yeah, I had always uh, hoped and. Uh, one of the things that I had hoped for when opened up or, or the concept of terps, and I'll share more about this uh, later, like what's happening here. The concept I had with terps, <clears throat> the envision, I envisioned a place where I thought like caregivers would hang out. Mm. And I realized caregivers don't really hang out. <laughs> I mean, they might once in a while. Right. But I thought where people could get together and either talk shop or fucking 
whatever their thing is or enjoy a smoke together or whatever that was going to happen. I didn't even really, and, and the, not only caregivers, but yeah, I wanted like to know like maybe these people, or I call them caregivers, quote unquote, yeah. cash makers, you know, yeah. extract people, the, the cultivators, <coughs> the players, all of those the people. movers and shakers. And then you don't even need to own that business. You just have to be somebody who respects it, understands it, who wants to hang out and fucking dig it. But yeah, they, they're not very communal in that sense. Mm. And, and it's no fault of theirs. I mean, <clears throat> or maybe, maybe not, you know, it's more of an isolate you're always kind of in isolation. You've always been doing your own thing. But I thought there would be a little bit of an attraction or enough of an attraction to hang out and enjoy smoking uh, a drink and maybe entertain it. Definitely, like, for for the right people. But, dude, I've got an interesting theory that you you might like that kind of goes along with that. Right. Like, part of the reason why I think the nerds are the way that they are on fucking Reddit and Discord and wherever else they're, they're... you know, ranting into the void about people that are, you know, two-time felons that have skin in the fucking game. Yeah. And you're just a fucking consumer. You are a custy at the end of the day. Like, I love his shit, man. I love his fucking marketing. But um, I think part of it is because this used to be a communal thing. Mm. You used to smoke together always like you know yeah you didn't have money to buy for yourself so you went in together and you shared whatever it was and you passed it around and you were schooled according to the culture and people made fun of you and you know they coached you up and and so you understood where the shit came from now everybody just smokes on their own and especially over the last three years and legalization in new york happened during this whole shit um so people are smoking on their own uh, and people, a, oh a lot of them are starting to consume, you know, on their own. And so they don't have anybody checking them. And so they have this, they, they build their own opinion of what the culture should be or what weed is about. And and then they want to fucking go rant about it. And they see that the other fucker that ranted about his opinion got 200 upvotes or whatever the fuck. Oh, and now he's a, a what do they call him? A top, top contributor. And now he's a moderator and look he gets a procurer of the dank and they have all these silly titles who are these jerks they don't they haven't done anything they're just fucking yelp reviewers mm. and they're circle jerking each other off because they haven't been in a communal setting you know where, where you learn to develop respect for you know other smokers and some people can only get shitty weed man and that's used to be the way that it was for everybody all the always, time always yeah and you know, now you're spoiled and you, you think your opinion matters about what, what Lonely Bones' latest, you know, batch of banana bread is like. And who the fuck are you, bro? Like, do you know the, how much time this dude's put in? Yeah, right. Do you know that he had that, like, had that fucking beater car and he drove it from Mass to Maine every fucking day, sometimes twice a day? Like, dude. Oh, sure. No, the grind and the hustle, and you're very well aware of this. And the grind and the hustle is a life that you... You, you know it's difficult, and that's why you like it. Right. That's why you like it, to get to that point. But you don't want people fucking pissing all over it either. No, dude. Like, it's a fucking plant. And you're the one who's... You're the reason that, that shit's on a schedule. Mm. Because you get mad when you come up and it's sold out or, you know, it's coming. So that's the reason it's on a fucking schedule. You created this fucking demand. And now that it's being met... Like you were complaining about, now it's no, or this batch, blah, blah, blah. It's a fucking plant, bro. Sometimes the batch comes out 
a different way, man. It's a yeah. fucking plant. Yeah. And if it was, you know, if it had stayed communal, I think people would, would not even be so much focused on the weed itself. Like, yeah. they'd be like, dude, I had a great fucking time. I got stoned. You know, we laughed. We watched this movie. Remember that, when we knew that guy who was in the circle where you're passing it around? Who would talk with the joint too right, long? Right. Does that I think I think happen, I'm that dude? guy, but I don't I don't do it anymore because you know I don't smoke with anyone anymore. Like right. That. Yeah. Exactly. But we all know who that. Well, yeah. Those of us who know who that guy was, right. that that was the way it was. Yeah. For sure. And it, and it, to me, it's so beautiful, man. Like it, it, this, that's where this comes from. Like tattooing, you know. Like I, I wasn't around obviously in the old days, but but the guys that I'm around, they they put me on, and I like to I like to soak in that culture. And, you know, the guy that did my hands, he's the last living link to old school tattooing. You know, he wasn't one of those guys, but he was there with them. Right, right. Yeah. And he's in Brooklyn. And I'm like, technically, there might be better artists, but they don't have this. Like, dude, this is fucking history yeah. and you don't get it. So there might be a better batch of banana bread, you know, by somebody else. But like, dude. You know, like the experience that you get, and you're you're missing the fucking point. You know, and even sometimes, just the fact that they they always have to be happy. Like, dude, if you didn't like it, that's on you, bro. Like, yeah. it, it's not the weed man's fault that you didn't like the flavor. That it's, it was, you know, it was too smoky for your lungs. Like. <laughs> dude like why don't you take the time to learn what you actually like like educate yourself they would just want to put it on the weed guy and you know I, that's why i'm running with like the whole marketing thing with the office of the weed man because this this it's not about me dude i don't give a shit what you think about me you can just whatever it's the office that i occupy right now i have that same respect for you I have that same respect for Eric. I have that every time and I wait and whatever hoops they make me jump through, I'm happy to go through them because that's the fucking weed man to me. Yeah. And so I'm not asking for anything different. It's not about me. It's for the fucking office. And yeah. once you lose that, the culture goes with it. And this is just a fucking regular thing. Yeah. It's, and it's becoming that way with this and tattooing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, so now you're, but it's, are you being selective about what you want to respect and what you don't want to respect? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I it's think what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause it's a different time, you know, and, yeah. and some things like some things are unacceptable. Like I don't make people wait around for hours and I just show up, you know, yeah, right. and give them whatever I want. Like, yeah, you get to choose the strain and you know, I give you a time window, but like also relax, dude, it's weed. I'm not fucking, a pizza delivery driver i'm not running a call center like i'm still the weed guy even if it's legal and you know just like it's in Maine. you say that uh i was at the eagles pouring drinks last night yeah. and uh they they didn't seem to get it when i said because one of them asked me like uh um how come like you don't seem to be phased by anybody here and, like, well, and i said because it's just a drink <laughs> really isn't it yeah. It's just a drink. Yeah. So slow down. That's like, great, man. Things are going to be all right. It's great. And in your life, it's just a meal. And <clears throat> uh. you don't have to rip somebody and try to try to tear them down just to feel Especially better. Actually, we do. made your point known, you know? And so it wouldn't work on me. And, I'm, and I don't rattle too easy like that. There's yeah. no reason to be rattled about shit like that. Right. Because there's so much trivial in the world. 
If you get caught up in every trivial matter, then you're then you're going to be a lost soul. You really, truly are. And and that's what and, I see in common with those people that that you know I've stalked them, and I've I look through their profiles, and they all rant away about the same bullshit. They're in the same ideological cult. People that know know what the fuck I'm talking about. They all believe the same shit. And ultimately, it's a reflection of them being miserable about their own fucking lives. And they see somebody else that's fucking made it. But where there's an opportunity to, to you know, cut the person's legs off, they'll do it. And, and they use virtue as a fucking club, man. I forgot where I heard that line. I like that, though. But they use that as a fucking club, and it, it disguises. You can't call them out because you can't be sure, you know, but that is the psychology behind it. It's like, no, I don't want anybody to see me for what I am, which is a jealous bitch. I want them to think that not only am I a good person, but I'm calling this person out. That's what the fucking Pharisees did to Jesus, man, the ones with the fucking big boxes on their forehead so everybody could see that I love God extra than you. And that's what the fuck those guys are on on Reddit, man. And I, I like, I mean that. I know that. They've asked me for jobs, and then they turn around and shit on me. Yeah. Like, I didn't provide them with clean meds for a while. And I never, if you figure out how to get out of here, great, man. Come up to Maine. This fucking place is beautiful. Come meet the people. Yeah, for sure. Come meet, come meet you know, the man himself. See him walk out the door. Good for you. But that's not possible for everybody. And it's like these losers that are miserable with their lives, but they're also very privileged to the point that they, they're just like, come up to Maine. Motherfucker, you're not from New York. That's why you can say, come up to Maine. I, was, I just popped a tire, my regular car. And I was in there and two people fucking turned away because they didn't have a credit card because they didn't have a, they had an expired license. And I'm like, for the average New Yorker, it's a lot of hoops to just get a fucking rental. You got to have a credit card. And if you're paying debit, they got to check your phone bill. And your phone bill has to be paid off. Dude, I fucking saw this. Yeah, it's nuts. And so it's only like these people that are detached from reality that are like, oh, just, just come up to Maine. I'm providing a service that is necessary. And when it was convenient for you, you were on my nuts. You were asking me for a job. You wanted my fucking life. And you thought it was nothing to it. And I sense that in like, I, I want to do this like you. Oh, you think it's that easy? You can just, you know, I can just onboard you and, and it'll just be the two of us partners. Oh, yeah. And, and dude, they, they started a fucking delivery service up here from Mass. The people that know, know. And I have nothing against that person. I'm just saying. Yeah. If there was nothing to what I'm saying, they wouldn't get in the game the second that they could. And I have no respect for people that do it after it's become legal and they run their mouths on Reddit, but then, you know, they enter the game because they have a little cure relief money. Yeah. And that, <laughs> I shouldn't get into that too much, but that. No, I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of, like, say, like I told you, uh, and get back to it just a little bit. And I mentioned this to some other people recently is like, if I knew you back in 2019 and maybe early 20, cool like and it's not like i knew everybody but in my book you're cool like i consider you somebody who is interested in more than just the financial end of it and i'm talking about cultivators and i'm talking yeah. about you know that kind of thing because i 
that transformation that happened in 2020 where all of a sudden we had all kinds of kids who were slinging from mass and right. coming up on the weekly or two, three times a week. Four people in the car. Connecting with, yeah, right. <laughs> or even, yeah, right. Or, or some people who they put it together, they'd have a connect up here. That guy could buy unlimited amounts. Uh, mm. Well, not unlimited, but he could have unlimited visits to stores and do that. Um, and then he nice. connected with some guy from Mass. That's that was a pretty smart move. Yeah, <laughs> there was brilliancy in the entrepreneurship yeah, yeah. No, I, for sure. So I I, I respect all that. Right? I like that. Yeah, but was it only about the right. cash, dude? That's what the shit that I'm on. You know, I've got this little 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 beef. I, I mean, dismiss it. I'm okay with that a yeah. little bit, but but I'll be like, hey, see you later. It's cool. And I could care less if I ever see that again, where it's more when it's something more to them. I, that's, where, that's why I've always respected what I thought, what I believed you were bringing to Thank you, me. man. Thank you. That, that really means a lot because I, I've, dude, I have fucking continuing education, education credits for real with weed, man. Like I've, I've purchased courses. I went to fucking hash camp down here at Maine and I was the only fucking middleman there. And I felt out of place, and everybody else was a fucking hash maker and a big time grower. Fucking Reed was there, Mission Hill Melts, yeah, yeah. and all these. And I'm like, dude, I'm just, I'm just a fucking middleman. But yeah, I, I, this is my religion, and you guys have taught me that here in Maine, that this thing is sacred, and I love that about it. You know, it resonates with me. I built my whole marketing around it, and so I, I, it does bother me when people, even if they've been like. You know, I've got a competitor that we had a falling out. Um, he doesn't fucking smoke. And that never sat well with me. That he gets to make money off of this. And he relies on his clients to tell him how the smoke is. And he doesn't do edibles either. He hasn't done them in years. And the dude doesn't fucking care about anything other than margins. Yeah. And okay, I get it. You got a better price. But dude, you don't. There's so much you don't get, man. Yeah. And and like I would be missing out on on these I cherish these moments with you, dude. Like yeah, our conversation. Okay. We've had we've had great fucking conversations. You've taught me a lot. The last couple of years it's been it's been awesome. You've never like come on in and and said like I got to hit the road. I'm behind and shit like oh, that. Oh, if anything, I I Who feel cares? like I feel bad that I'm sometimes imposing on you, man. Uh, like I never like to dude, take up I've too much time. With- growers for years <laughs> so getting blown up or deadlines being met timetables that's, that's funny man bullshit that's funny i got dude. used to that a long time ago that means a lot and i'm a late guy too so it doesn't much matter <laughs> but you know what I, I i think that that this is just like tattooing man tattooing is a holy thing and the tattoo gods are for fucking real i have some stories man and the weed gods are fucking real this is a holy thing and if you're true about this like those people stay in business. The tattoo gods make sure that that happens and the people that aren't, you know, fade out. You know, like, that's why we connected. Yeah. And we trusted each other. Even when yeah. We didn't know each other from fucking Adam and we trusted each other. Um, the, tattoo, the weed gods, man. Yeah, um, weed gods, for sure. And so, like, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly why this is a little bit more special than, say, the idea of having access to cannabis. Right. Or marijuana, or whatever you and that's read, the part whatever that you want to call. People it. are missing out on. It's uh, right. It's what they are missing out on. You're not going to get that if the medical or craft main 
is destroyed and the state is trying to destroy it. Municipalities are gouging them, right. let alone the economics of the world are fucking killing it, you know? And it's one of these things where I felt like we were a stronger and more identifiable group of people when we had that going and, and we need to get that back for many more reasons than just one. And that's the fucking point right there, man. That's the fucking point. So if one of the growers or a couple of the growers, few of the growers are out there and what they believe personally, you know, to me, it's like with artists, you know, like we let them get away with everything. Me too. Didn't apply to the art world. A lot of fucking social justice movements don't apply to the art world because their contributions were so great that they transcended whatever bullshit we're on right now. Yeah. And so when it comes to these dudes, these are it to me, the last cowboys. Like everywhere else, the craft scene has been destroyed. It's and these Do we guys want to add to that? No. No, these guys are Fuck fighting no. the good fight, man. Yeah. And whether they agree with you politically or ideologically, who gives a shit, man? These guys are the front lines. And you support our fucking troops, dude. Like, these are the guys, man. And what a privilege that they come out and they're the ones that package the shit. And they wait it out. Not only did they grow it, they, you know, they have all this other shit. And then they come meet you and say hi to you. They just learned this shit. They didn't know that shit. They learned it because they wanted to be able to do this. Just started putting labels on their shit, you know. They God, just figured out plastic. packaging. It used to be all bullshit dude. back in the day. But they did it. They learned it for the money. But they also learned it because... They wanted to keep doing this. These are just homies, man. Yeah. And and, and like, dude, Look you're missing the fucking it. point, man. Yeah. Um, but but I'm glad that like I didn't miss the point and that I've been fortunate to meet my people in New York, you know, they they don't miss the point. They know I'm I'm weird, you know, and I play that up sometimes and, and it's based on this true story, but it is an alter ego. Like you don't know what the fuck I believe. You don't know what a, what a, what a, who I am, dude. I let you see what I want you to see, <laughs> and you know some people get that and they see that. Oh, he he's doing cool shit. You know, beyond just you know, delivering. You know, I, I want to do shit for the culture, which has been fucking dead. You know, in, in New York City at least. Yeah, yeah. And I've drawn no, up so much inspiration. Too, a little bit more than I'd like it to be. But you guys, more. like, to me, compared to New York, you guys, are, this is the last Emerald Promised Land, man. And I'm, like, hoping to do with my own, like, now that I'm, I'm on my creative shit, like, with my own vision, that I hope to, like, influence the culture in, in the direction that, that I've, it's influenced me here in Maine. I thank you for that. Maine Cannabis thanks you for that. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate you. Hell yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for this afternoon, for this conversation. Thank you, man. This time. Thanks for hosting me for the hospitality. We'll do it again. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thanks.